All right. If you are hearing us right now, it's because you are a member of Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, as part of your membership, you, of course, get bonus segments on all the podcasts you love the most. You also get access to amazing Slate Plus content, including our brand new, just launched, third amazing Slate Academy, the United States of Debt, which you can check out at slate.com slash debt. It's really great. It just launched last night as we record this. Uh, and we are very happy to be joined for our Slate Plus bonus segment today, or Slot Plus, I believe, as it's referred to around here, uh, by Slot, Slot Plus editor, Gabriel Roth. Hi, Gabe. Hey, Dan. So we've asked Gabe to come on because of a piece he's written for Slate, um, which is about to run as we record this and will be live already as this podcast airs, um, which is about the uh, sort of uh, overflowing of grief on social media that happens every time uh, a famous person, especially an artist, passes away. We have seen it earlier this year already with David Bowie and to a lesser extent with other artists. And then in a huge tidal wave, a three-day tidal wave, as Gabe notes in his piece, when Prince died last week or the week before. And um, and a lot of people scold this uh, kind of public mourning. They view it as unseemly or as really making a, a beloved artist's death all about me. Uh, but Gabe, in your piece, you have a counter-argument. You argue that what we're seeing here is really the best of what social media has to offer. So we wanted to talk to you about that. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So um, what argue against someone who might say that uh, for a person's first response to the death of a human being uh, to just go onto Twitter and just blather on about how, what it was like when you heard when doves cry like what is that really giving the universe why isn't that solipsistic and and uh and selfish well i think it comes down to what a when someone dies who we know then of course it's painful in an intimate and personal way uh and and anyone who's experienced bereavement knows that you can have all sorts of responses to that that you can feel uh, depressed and alone or angry or sometimes manic, that, that there's any number of emotional responses, uh, all of which are, are, are natural and in their way appropriate, even if they're not always entirely seemly. Uh, when a person like Prince dies, who for, for most, for me and, and I assume for you, Dan, and for most <laughs> of the people... Assume, sure, but you don't know about my and Prince's close relationship. I don't know about you and those Paisley Park parties. Uh, but certainly for me, and I, I assume for most of the people listening to this, uh, Prince is someone that we knew through his music and, and through his performances and his movies and his appearances. Uh, we knew him through his work, through his art. Uh, and yet he, he exists to us in a meaningful way. He's someone, if, if you've been paying attention to music really at all over the past 25 years, then you've thought about Prince and you've, you've had some kind of feelings about him. Uh, and, and when he dies, then the feelings that you have are, are, are not the same as, as when a person you know and love dies. Um, they're, they're essentially a, a response to his work and to his art and to what he means to you as an artist. Uh, and those are those are real feelings and important feelings as well. Uh, and if you're a person who uh, expresses your feelings among other ways by by tweeting about them or posting about them on Facebook or another social media outlet, uh, there's I don't think there's anything particularly special about these feelings that says no, we've got to take those off the table. That has to be something entirely private that you can only keep to yourself and and the people. Uh, that are closest to you. And I, I, I think to argue that those feelings are, are somehow 
um, so sort of sensitive and special and magical that they can't be treated like any other feelings is to to fetishize death in a, in a way that doesn't help any of us understand anything. One of the things I was really struck by, Gabe, was when you know you were kind of responding to this criticism that says, "Why are you making it all about you?" With the the sort of what I think is incontrovertible response that well, social media is and should be all about you. If I am tweeting from my account, if I am writing on my Facebook page, what else am I supposed to do? That's what's interesting or not. And if it's not, then people don't need to read it or or follow you. But that is kind of the point of these things. And and there are, there are places to get objective obituaries, to get think pieces, if we must use what has become a slightly derogatory term. But what what better place? And that is the whole purpose of social media. I think that's right. And I, I, I would go a little further. I would say uh, that's the whole purpose of art in yeah. a way. If I, you know, if I listen to Prince's music and have feelings about it or a response to it, or if I read a novel or see a movie and, and I have a response to it, that response is in some way a, a response to the artistic object that prompted the feelings, but it's also a response that comes from me. And there's no way for me to respond to it that isn't in some fundamental way about me. Right. Uh, Who else should it be about? That's right. And if I, to, to stick with the Prince example, if I if I were to, to try to write in some objective way about Prince, I don't have any particular expertise about Prince. I'm not a music critic. Uh, nobody especially needs to know my analysis of Prince's music. Uh, if I have anything to express about Prince, uh, it, it's going to be to do with the place that his music, uh, the role that his music played in my life and the feelings that it generated and the experiences that I had from it. To the extent that any of us loved Prince, it was as part of a public, right? As you say, it's not as an intimate or friend or relative or something. Uh, it seems like the natural response is the correct one, which is to re-experience your relationship to Prince, which is as part of a public in mourning him. It doesn't seem counterintuitive or inappropriate to me at all. Um, and then the second thing is that is that as you also point out, I mean, you know, there are annoying people in real life and annoying people online, and we have digital selves and self-selves. And uh, especially in an age when one can curate one's relationship to digital selves, some people are going to be annoying when they publicly mourn online. They're going to be uh, annoying when they mourn privately. Um, uh, uh, you know, one can avoid annoying people online as well as one can in real life. Uh, you know, it seems to me a function of how you set up your own social media feed, the quality of the dialogue that one has in the wake of the death of someone like Bo or your prince. I, for one, thought it was probably the most appropriate use of social media was to talk about what a person's music had meant to you. Uh, my only regret, and Gabe, I'd be interested to hear you talk about this, is that it brings home once again how the death of certain artists who have been absent to mind for a long time suddenly brings back the kind of sympathy one felt from them and for them in a rush. And it's just sad to me that someone like Prince, no doubt he could any night of the week get in front of an audience in a small club or in a large venue and experience adulation. But there's some other quality to the mourning. I mean, no one has the right to, you know, attend their own funeral. And yet, there's a kind of public sympathy, a kind of love, a kind of realization of what this life's work really meant in a deep way to one that the artist just doesn't get to experience, really. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Prince is, is a, a good case study for that because 
his the the first let's say third of his career contained so much astonishingly powerful music and then the second two-thirds of his career contained a lot of also very impressive music and a lot of music that people didn't really respond to and so he became someone that we sort of t took for granted and some of us when we thought about him would sort of hope that he would have a kind of dylan-esque late efflorescence or a return to form or something like that and then the the news that he suddenly died in his late 50s all of a sudden, the career as a whole has a shape that we can see. We can apprehend it as a single narrative. Uh, and so we're no longer in a disappointing phase of Prince's work, where all of a sudden we can feel Prince's work in its totality. And, oh, my God, it's much more powerful than I had ever mm -hmm. really known. Yeah, that's right. It's beautifully put. Yeah. Right, right. It doesn't have to do... The, the work that we love is not a prelude to some disappointing part. It's part of this entire career that has now ended that we now, as you say in your piece, can now begin to s assess and argue over and begin to think about what his context is in the, gr in the much greater context of not just living guitarists or living songwriters, but of everyone. Mm. I have a question, though, uh, which is the people we've been talking about, specifically David Bowie, Prince, are artists who were beloved and who meant a lot in many ways beyond the realm of music in people's lives that, that kind of, you know, comforted them or, or inspired them. What about people who are, who's, who, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to name any names, but people who we suspect may actually be forces of evil. Those people... Name some names, <laughs> This is Slate Plus. This All is right, a safe well, like space. Henry Kissinger, for example. Sure. He's not dead yet, but he will die soon. It is to be expected, unless he is indeed immortal. Now, what about when someone like that dies? When, you know, as, as you said earlier, Gabe, we fetishize death. We, we, there's this view, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Don't speak ill of the dead. All of those things which are clearly, yes, cliches, but are very, very widely observed. Do, is is the social media mourning different for people like that? Who you know, I feel we're calling Henry Kissinger a celebrity, but you know, he used to go down to Studio Fifty Seven in the time. Yeah, I, I assume when Kissinger dies, uh, there will be less sort of sharing of YouTube videos of his <laughs> greatest hits and remembering the bombing of Cambodia and all all, all those awesome Kissinger hits. Um, I. I assume when Kissinger dies, because of the way our politics works on social media and elsewhere, uh, there will be some people saying, well, Henry Kissinger, your life was, as June puts it, a force for evil, and you did a lot of damage, and now is a moment to talk about Henry Kissinger's role in American imperialism and the 20th century. Uh, and then other people will scold them for, right. for speaking, you know, the body isn't even cold. How dare you? He had a family, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we see that debate play out every time. Really, anyone who's implicated in politics dies. I, I think there's people who, who I, who, whose political work I appreciate, who other, you know, people on the other side would, would probably be dancing on their graves. Um, when Margaret Thatcher died, mm. um, to, pick an example that uh, June and I probably had strong feelings about. Um, and after she died, I, I 
did not uh, I, I didn't mourn her especially, but um, it, it is an opportunity, I guess, to look back on history and mm -hmm. to remember how we got to where we are and, and like that. And social media, I think, is useful in that way, even if we wind up having a bunch of dumb fights on it over and over again. <laughs> the difference between them, of course, is that, you know, when a political or news figure dies, people have those bitter arguments and those can make social media devolve into a sniping match as I really saw in my feed when Scalia died earlier this year, right? That was, it did not take moments really, uh, as you note, Gabe, for people to already be saying things about Scalia that made other people angry and for other people to accuse them of dancing on his grave before the, the body was even cold. Um, when an artist dies, uh, social media then becomes to me a kind of uniquely unifying force for good, which is to say, no one who didn't have particularly strong feelings about the artist or who didn't like them generally goes on social media to say anything bad about their career. They are respectful to a point in a way that I find heartening, um, even if I agreed with some of the people who said angry things about Scalia or Margaret Thatcher or whoever when they died. I do love the additional sort of level of respect that a beloved artist gets when they pass away that then my feed becomes rather than a place of argument and debate which i enjoy in some ways it becomes a place of unified and yet personal celebration as you say in your piece it's not just everyone saying prince was so great it's everyone giving very particular and surprising and specific memories of prince and facts about prince and specific prince performances that they loved and moments from their lives that are all different but all create this large and glorious picture of the impact that this I, person I had. agree and it feels like a, a a great way to sort of launch an artist into posterity and posterity is going to make of prince and of david bowie and of gary shandling and merle haggard and everybody else whatever it will and and some of them will be forgotten and some of them will be remembered in different ways but it, it's nice that they can now be launched with this sort of hour or day or week of of these personal tributes that seems like a, an unequivocally good thing all right the piece is called in praise of social media morning it's on slate.com we'll have a link on our facebook page steve metcalf what's the url of that facebook page i'm gonna go with facebook.com slash culture fest Thank you. Uh, thank you, Gabe, for coming on. And uh, thank you, Slate Plus members, for being members of Slate Plus.